In the second of our series of podcasts on the graduate job market, I am joined by Professor Kate Purcell and Professor Peter Elias from the University of Warwick's Institute of Employment Research. They are leading a research project called Future Track, which has been following the 2006 cohort of higher education applicants. The project is now in its final stage, and respondents are being asked to take part in the last survey to find out what paths they have taken since leaving university. In this podcast, we're looking at graduate skills and the idea of employability. What skills were employers looking for and what can give graduates an advantage in today's job market? So, Kate, first of all, what do we mean when we use the term graduate job? Well, that's a very interesting question, isn't it? Because graduates do a very wide range of jobs. In the past, graduate jobs were very much tied up with professional development. So you went to university if you wanted to become a lawyer or a doctor or if you had aspirations to be an academic. It was, it was an opportunity that led to a career. Nowadays, if you've got more than 40%, around 40% of the population acquiring degrees, it covers a much wider range of jobs. Some of this expansion has been because of simply new knowledge and new skills and the need for higher skills development for some of the new jobs, like jobs in technology particularly, jobs in, in, in management and organisation, where there's been a big expansion and diversification of the kinds of specialisms that people have, whether it's PR or whether it's human resource management or whether it's marketing management or conference organisation or equal opportunities officer. All these jobs are new jobs that just didn't exist in previous generations, and now they do. And they're jobs that require quite substantial amounts of knowledge and information management development. We actually did a previous study where we tracked graduates who completed their degrees in 1999. This was a very interesting project because we were able to track them from the point at which they left university. First of all, three, four years on. And then again, we went back to them seven years on to see what kinds of jobs they had. And... We were very exercised by this idea of what is a graduate job. And as well as doing a survey where we asked them which skills they were using, how that related to the skills that had been developed as undergraduates, we also did some additional interviewing of a, of a small subsample of those. And we asked them very detailed questions about what jobs they were doing. And we found out that we could classify the kinds of jobs that people who were unequivocally in graduate jobs using their skills and knowledge were in fell into three categories. They were either required to exercise expertise or they were being required to use strategic skills. They were required to be able to make decisions, take risks, plan, manage operations, things like that. Or they had to have very sophisticated interpersonal skills and by that, we don't mean just being nice people and being good at relating to people. We mean actually having to engage in things like counselling, negotiating, selling, marketing, developing strategies to attract people to do things, really quite sophisticated things that you get taught whole courses on in business schools. So we found that every job that we looked at had some kind of combination of those three categories of skills and we were able to look at those and, and see what kinds of jobs they were. And we, we concluded that there were different kind of class, categories of jobs in the labour market. Maybe, Peter, maybe you want to yeah. sort of expand on that. Well, let me just go back a little bit. This expression, a graduate job, 
It's a real problem. It's a problem because um, graduates or potential graduates are looking in the press and they're reading articles about uh, oh, there's too many graduates now chasing jobs and therefore there's not enough graduate jobs around or the number of graduate jobs has been level over the last 10 years or so and the number of graduates is increasing so graduates are therefore in non-graduate jobs. It's easy to say this but when you start to unpick it, as Kate was implying, this is immensely complicated. What we've seen, of course, is uh, the press picking up on uh, reports of the so-called blue-chip companies or those companies that traditionally have gone around universities hiring graduates. And there might be like two or 300 companies in the country in this category. And taking information from them about their recruitment of graduates is really no indication whatsoever of graduate jobs and the demand for graduates. This, unfortunately, uh, on the academic side, in terms of how researchers have contributed to this debate, ha has been a very mixed story indeed. And we've seen some, I think, very poor research where uh, researchers themselves have not really questioned what's happening here and have developed some very simple measures of graduate jobs. And, and that then gets picked up on the, by the press and it becomes a kind of self-fulfilling uh, circle. What we're trying to do is to unpick all of this. As Kate was saying, we've been doing it by getting accounts from students of what kind of work they do and trying to categorise that in these three, three categories that we have. We've also been looking at the way in which the occupational structure has changed using very detailed occupational statistics, trying to unpick that, noting where graduates are being located and trying to decide whether that's simply because of uh, an oversupply of graduates and graduates are taking jobs which don't really use their undergraduate skills, experience or whatever. Um, and ha or is it the case that the occupations themselves are changing? And then it becomes very complicated, but we do have a lot of evidence to suggest that this is the case, that there are many areas now where occupations have changed very significantly, or new occupations have come in. A very good example is nursing. Um, nursing 20 years ago would never have been considered a graduate occupation. Nursing now is 100% a graduate occupation, and that's a remarkable change. You could, of course, you can still find nurses who are not... Not, not graduates, and there are many nurses around who will say you don't need a degree to do this job. But the reality is that the qualification required of nurses, the training required of nurses, is now on a par with a university degree, and that's what they get, and so they should. So it's a complex picture, it's a changing world, but so far it's been changing in ways which have supported our major expansion of higher education. And what do you think employers are really looking for when they advertise graduate jobs? <laughs> what they're looking for is self-motivated, smart, intelligent, um, well-presented, all, all the kind of usual points that an employer will make when they talk about a graduate or why it is that they can't find the graduates that they need nowadays. They want the skills, obviously. I mean, if you're uh, an engineering firm and you're recruiting engineers, you want to get the very best engineers. If you're um, you know, a hospital and you're recruiting new medical staff, you want the best newly qualified doctors and so on. So typically, there's a mix then of the substantive, the, the skills that you've picked up on your, on your course, which are subject-related. 
But that only accounts for about 15 to 20% of all graduates. And so for the rest, you have to say, well, what, what, are graduate, what are employers looking for among these graduates? I would think, above all else, they're looking for a keen, motivated person who they feel will add value to their organisation. Well, very often, sadly, they're looking for people like them. And that's been a problem for students who don't fit the bill in terms of having the, the networks to enable them to get on the, the bottom rung of, of, of recruitment processes. I think also there's a huge confusion between skills and, and personality attributes. And very, very often the things that the employers call soft skills are not skills that are developed in university. They're skills that are developed in the, in the process of socialisation. What we are finding is that the people who are, who are most likely to get the good jobs are people who start out socially advantaged, they have, socially advan- they have advantaged higher education, and it's becoming increasingly the case that those excluded from those networks find it difficult to find the kind of jobs that they want. But which graduate skills do you think really count? I think that's an unanswerable question. It depends on the job. It depends, and it depends on the student. I mean, it depends on the student looking for a job. Um, There there is such diversity in the graduate labour market that for us to pronounce, well, this is what you need above all else, would be be stupid. Um, There's no no agreement about what graduate skills are. They're different for different types Mm. of graduate. But a long time ago, probably about 10 years ago, somebody did some research among employers to find out what employers thought they were looking for when they were recruiting graduates. And what they ended up concluding is that employers are looking for people who are flexible, who are adaptable. That's the key thing. And they think that people who have, I suppose, been trained to to handle information, to manage processes, and have provided the evidence that they're capable of problem-solving sufficiently well to get a good degree... Because getting a degree is partly about sussing out what you need to do in, in order to deliver what, what your lecturers, what, your, what the people who are assessing you expect. Then that gives them some kind of confidence that these people will be able to adapt to situations that happen in the workplace, learn on the job, do what's required in the organisation. And I think that probably is, is the key skill. But it's a key skill that employers are looking for in almost any skill, that, any, any job, any job that requires people to make decisions and discriminate and, and not simply follow instructions. Employers say they want to recruit graduates with work experience. But could I ask, from the feedback you have had during the Future Chat project, do unpaid work placements and internships really help in getting a job? Well, obviously, graduates think they do because a lot of them are now taking up these unpaid unpaid work and internships, and we've seen a, a significant increase in that uh, just over the last few years. That kind of worries me a little bit. It, it worries me in terms of whether or not that student is just being... Um, it, it's an abuse of the employment uh, position for, for that person, um, uh, is it a breach of minimum wage legislation, for example? There's all sorts of it problems is. here. Well, it it may not be, depending upon what's offered, and that's what we really don't know, and I think quite often a lot of students themselves don't know. And I, I, I'm just worried that, uh, you know, unless we have some 
some better evidence on what internship means and what this unpaid employment is, then there is the possibility of uh, abuse taking place and employers simply making use of the fact that we're in a recession, there's a lot of spare labour around, and uh, with the promise of a better job, which may never be realised, they can get somebody working for free. On the other hand, there are internships that we know about which have been very successful, uh, where the student gets a lot of very valuable experience and may go on to gain employment with that employer. That is true, but... There is no doubt whatsoever that the kinds of students who are able to take advantage of unpaid internships are those who've got quite substantial support from their family. And that has meant that very often, uh, if you want to be a journalist, for example, that's a wonderful example, you're not going to get many opportunities unless you're able to go and live in London for a period, do unpaid work, preferably with, with leading media organisations and the people who are able to do that are the people who've got the support back home and what we find increasingly is that journalism has become very much an exclusively middle class occupation in a way that it wasn't in the past and that's happening in many more sectors than, than happened in the past. Um, I'm quite alarmed by the, 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 the reports that I get in the press about successive unpaid internships in particular sectors like, for example, the fashion industry, the media generally, arts management, where, stu where graduates are, are, are being asked, are being used as unpaid interns and they need to do that before they actually get an interview for a paid job. And one of the things that we'll be very interested in looking at on Future Track is how far internships do actually lead, both, both student internships and graduate internships. We're actually going to have some evidence on that at the moment from the data that we're collecting of graduates who left university two years ago with a degree. And I think that's going to be really interesting. It may be the case, it's undoubtedly the case, that doing an internship does provide some short-term advantage. But what are the costs and is it really an advantage in the medium to long term?